Alright, welcome to the Solve for Why vlogcast. Of course, those hopes are high. And of course, I am joined by Matt Berkey, my gracious co-host, and the Dominican flag, my gracious country. And I'm going to bring to you a bunch of topics today, everything from buying action, from summers of the past. How are you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm pumped. I, uh, I woke up today feeling a little dangerous, you know? I woke up today happy that we found funding for this podcast. Yeah, shook out the shook out the couch cushions. We got enough change to hire a crew, There's aka a crew. Conrad. There's a person under this table right now. <laughs> He's our fluffer. <laughs> oh my Jesus! All right, well, the summer is upon us finally. Yep. And you decided to add more projects onto our plate besides playing a bunch of tournaments every day. It's what we do, you know. Sixty-five days of MTTs. Uh, Seven to ten vlog casts, if you will. So a new term we made up. What does that even mean? Um, so, you know, vlogs are a thing. Mm -hmm. Podcasts are a thing. Yeah. We've been wanting to do both. I feel like it's a good time to just smash the two together and see what kind of baby can be born. What, what is this supposed to even look like? So this, <laughs> is, a, this is a vlog. This is a podcast inside of a vlog. Yeah, I think so. I, I think like the idea will be that we're still going to do the summer vlog the way we have in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to effectively take something similar to last year's uh, results may vary. Mm -hmm. We're going to smash that together with previous year's software chronicles where we're just kind of like heading around the Rio following each other as we make deep runs. And then, uh, you know, you and I have been wanting to start a podcast for a long time. So yeah, figure we might as well turn the cameras on and, and see what we can talk about. I like it. I, 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 I've been back and forth on this idea of a vlogcast, but I think I'm a little bit onto it. So last year was crazy in terms of like having camera crews follow us around. We always had to text. I'm on red, red 81. And then if you were next to the rail, then... You got preferred treatment and the right. cameras came to see you, you know? So are you expecting to do that again this year or what kind of, what kind of plan do we have in terms of? So obviously Pigtails, our gracious production crew has been doing this for better part of three years now. Uh, they just can't keep giving up their summer to be here. We just have way too much other stuff going on. Uh, they're taking care of the subsite while we're playing as well as uh, getting ready to launch this documentary to be determined. So um, we're training, man. We, we are a team in training. We got our boy Conrad, our boy Corey. They've been looking to do some more creative stuff. Yeah. So they're working on the editing side. Uh, Conrad has credentials. So, you know, if somebody makes a deep run, we're going to get that footage and we're yeah. going to make a package out of it. Did it bother? Did, does it like take something away from you? Like when you're, when you're vlogging. So for me specifically, it's like, I don't, like it's a little bit of a sacrifice, right? It's like, you don't get to have a break. You don't get to just like, you know, when, when it's a break, you have to go meet the camera crew, get a little yeah. snippet in there and, and things like that. So it's a little bit more taxing than just like a normal summer, at least for me, I don't know. So what, I know you've been like big time famous for no, a while. No, 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 like that <laughs> stuff doesn't bother me at all. But what I am very, um, I guess, unconfident in or what, what does, take me out of my comfort zone is having to walk around with a camera myself, mm. which you and I are going to be doing a lot of this summer. Yeah. So like, I don't know how much you've done of this. I mean, I know like when you do it, it's really good, but generally it's like some scenario where like we're at the office and I hand you a camera and I say, film something. Cause you haven't been on the vlog for two months. Yeah. Yeah. This well, is going to be different. 
you know, n not every episode can be like straight fire. This isn't, this isn't, uh, maybe it can, maybe it can, maybe I'm like scandal. We only got to put six or seven out this summer, man. Nah, but I know you is going to continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. No, it's for like, sure. Oh no, this was great. Let's just, you know, another series. No, no, I, yeah. I would like to see this be a permanent thing. I think it marries the best of both worlds. And I think like, it's something that we can be good at. Um, do you have any anxiety, like just walking around the Rio with, Two thousand of your peers while you're filming yourself. Like I see tourist. Jeff Gross do it every day. So to Jeff me, Jeff Gross is hype. Yeah, it's just like he's just like, hey, what's up? And then if someone walks by, they're just he gets them too. And it's <laughs> like, it's like. So I mean, do you uh, have that in you? Eh, I, I think I could. I, okay. I just don't like talking while everyone's around. Same. You know, because it's like that's kind of weird. No, it's true. But like, you got to get used to it. Like, it, yeah. it was the the first summer we did it, 2017. Um, it was really tough because, you know, most of it kind of fell on me in a lot of ways. Like even when Jai made his deep run, uh, I was in another event and I was like passing the camera to you yeah, and like, yeah. you like filmed your feet. <laughs> <laughs> like we could, we got a solid like minute and a half of footage of like your feet and Dugan. And it was just like, I think there's somebody playing heads up right now, but I'm not entirely certain. Was that the same summer where... Is that the same summer that you had that photo with, with uh, Gatsby yeah. on the rail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the Six Max or? No, that uh, oh, was. A... I, I didn't make a final table for the Six Max that year. It was, it was just a, f oh, yeah, maybe I did. No, 1,500 Six Max. 1,500 Six Max. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, that was the one. And that was probably one of my favorite, like, overall memories from, from summers past. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, it was really cool. Like, the vlog that we put out was really good. Uh, like having like that whole section of the Thunderdome kind of to us. Yeah, yeah. Where like there was like 20 of you guys up there like cheering and I never had a fucking shot in the event. Nah, like, you were fine. Honestly, man, looking back, I played that event bad. Yeah, but... The, I came in different. crazy short and got up to 50 bigs. Yeah, but we don't know what we know now. Yeah, no, I get you know, it. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit unfair. What are your thoughts in terms of like making this... Uh, a bigger, bigger platform than results may vary. Although results may vary, probably the best quality vlog out there. This yeah. Is, you know. Well, so like my thing is, I want to like start to branch, right? Yeah. So like, I want to be able to greenlight projects like results may vary in the future. It's just hard, obviously, during the summer because we we just don't have enough hands yet. But you know, we want to bring back the heads up challenge at some point. I want to be able to. Maybe if we all go to the Bahamas in November, maybe we do like a, a, a sketch type thing down there instead or whatever. Like just in general, when we have downtime, I'd like to be able to turn the production crew loose and say like, get creative. Yeah. And like, you can see the intro to this, like it, it falls into that bucket. They're not, they're not gone and forgotten. You know, they're, they're, they're still laying their little touch on, on, on what everything. We're, yeah, what we're doing. Um, so like, I want to continue with things like that. Uh, I still go back and watch it. Like, I think it was just really well done. A good player is going to cash like 25% of the time if the field's super soft. It's not going bad, but it's not going great. How many times have you bought into the Colossus? I only win in 11 times. I don't fold full houses. I don't fold top two. And when those hands don't win, I'm fucking out. Do you think that this vlog was a jinx? Are you wearing clothes under there? I don't know. I'm heads up for a bracelet right now. We're going to get so rich from this. Just got to go to the yellow section or stand outside the ropes. Okay, I, I just busted the main event. Yeah.
but I also want to be able to like start to hit other mediums. So I thought a podcast was really important. Um, I think that like, you know, we can begin to do like shorts, uh, not, not like comedic shorts or anything like that, but more yeah. so just like mixing the world of like entertainment and poker content and, you know, training all into kind of like one vat. I like my montages in the vlogs. Yeah, of course you do. They're just like, they're pretty insightful, you know, and they're, they're always like sparked by something you say. It's just like, oh, you think I'm boring. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah no, I, I'm, I'm really excited to like, you know, what's interesting about the like recording something while it's happening, because like most of the time, and I think this is what makes vlogs so crazy and, and good is that you kind of catch it in the moment. It's not like something that is like, oh, this is what happened to me. It's like, no, this is happening right now. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah. For the viewer, they're kind of watching it in the past tense. Um, yeah. But they, you're right. They get the, the context of like it was filmed in real time. Correct. So correct. Like, you're getting real reactions. You're getting things that like really do kind of peel back the curtain and demonstrate what's going on at the series. 50 years of World Series of Poker. I only seen like three. This is only your third? Yeah. No. Yeah. One, two, maybe four. Maybe four, but that's it. Well, how many times have you played the main? Three. So this is three. Okay. Yeah. What are your What are your results in the main? I cashed once. First time. Yeah. And then you missed the last two. Wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> I sent him a taco emoji that said "Want a taco about it." Yeah. He said no. <laughs> like, how am I loot? How am I winning? I can't win. When we make a king. He fucking piles and we look like, like I'm sitting there like an idiot. Like just like, like how am I winning here? Like I can't win, he just has to have it. I think what's great though is that I may have just turned a corner where I'm no longer uh, self-loathing and insecure. May I help you? Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> oh, that's my line. The best way I can describe the main event as a whole is you found your dream girl. Carrying through the romance, experiencing new things with her, and then she breaks up with you. And your whole world comes crashing down. You want to be a strong, sophisticated man and just say, good for her, I wish her well, and I'll show her, I'll just win the little one. You know what? The little one's a six. She doesn't give a shit about the little one. She's a goddamn 10. The world just tests me day in and day out as to whether or not I have the ability to make ridiculous folds. And we know the answer. I don't. I just don't. I don't fold full houses. I don't fold top two. And when those hands don't win, I'm fucking out. The guy who's second in chips today is like a fucking tobacco farmer in Montana or some shit. Plays poker once a year. There's no justice in this fucking game. I hope the tournament ends right now. I hope they don't crown a main event champion. Something happens. ESPN can't televise it. They pause the tournament for a year. And let us all buy back in. So what are your expectations this summer compared to the past three? Well, for me, I think that I, my hopes are that I have like a pretty big summer. Just simply because I feel really good way better than I have in the last three summers. Yeah. So it's a situation where like, I understand that like a lot of it is out of my control, but like 
my hopes is that everything in my control, I do well. Well, so I guess like yeah. uh, I'd like to hear you t- kind of talk about a little on a couple ends of the spectrum, right? So first, what like does your volume look like now compared yeah. to year one? Mm-hmm. And then secondly, like what does that six to eight week lifestyle look like? Yeah. So my first year was, I mean, I'm not going to say it's like not, it, it wasn't important because it was, it was nice to get my feet wet kind of thing. So well, I were, had, you, were you playing on your own or were, like, were you I still mostly playing, cash at that point? I was playing mostly cash. And then I just like said, these are the highest value events that I can't miss. So I played like, I had 14 events on the schedule, which is like nothing. First summer you played 14 events? Yeah. My first summer I played two. Yeah, I had 14. One of them was the main. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that was back when they gave you chip for chip. Yeah, and I still felt like the chips, (laughs) we didn't get enough chips. I played a a 1,500 where I got 1,500 in starting chips at quarter quarter. Yeah. And I played the main where you got 10K. Wow. uh, So things things went fast. I didn't make dinner or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I played 14 events. I had 14 events on the schedule. I think I catched seven events, which is like... And you played on your own dime? No. I mean, I sold. I mean, I played on my own dime. Yeah, yeah I you sold. weren't backed. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't backed. Right. Um, so that was fun. Uh, pretty much ex- now I was like, oh, I've cashed seven events. So the next year, I definitely should cash more because I'm playing more. No, I played more and cashed less. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it's like, uh, oh, man, whatever. I mean, I definitely punted a couple times. Uh and yeah, I mean, every year the volume has increased a little bit and now I'm like, I'm backed. So I get to play a lot more. My schedule is like pretty massive uh, in terms of. So what are you investing like dollar amount? Me? Well, or like the, 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 overall, the, the overall plan. So there's 100K in buy-ins. Okay. And that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's way more than like the last couple of years. Yeah. So this is definitely my biggest summer in terms of investment and it's good man like I, I i'm excited just because like between like myself my backer the people buying pieces it's like that's a hundred thousand dollars like that's a lot of money that is being invested in my talent yeah so what does what is what does the lifestyle difference look like between then and now yeah i mean three years ago i was definitely not doing what i do now which is now I'm like, you know, eating well in, in terms of like, you know, keeping my carbs low, my energy is a lot higher. So the reason I wanted to do that is simply because like, I know these days are like 12 hours long and like having like peaks and, and peaks and valleys of energy is just going to be like pretty crippling. And I remember that from like last year or like the year prior, it's just like, man, it's, it's 8 PM now. And it's like, I haven't eaten since like four or dinner, like yeah. you know, whatever. And it's like, I need to just have high energy, high focus level, like throughout the day. Yeah. I I think like one of the biggest things that people should be looking at whenever they're trying to have a big summer, be it cash tournaments or both, is just putting a big emphasis on the things that they can control. Mm -hmm. And I think that like as poker players, we naturally do the exact opposite. We put a big emphasis on things that are out of our control uh, and spend a lot of time like rehashing hand histories. Right, right. Uh, you know, a a lot of other bullshit that you have to go through throughout the summer and just default to the things that are in our control as just like things that will happen. So rather than putting a big emphasis on sleep, food, uh, you know, exercise, things like that, the emphasis actually shifts instead to hours at the table, uh, winning and losing, hands, hands, you know, a lot of this stuff that's like largely out of our control. Chip stacks. Yeah, chip stacks. Man, (laughs) the, the Twitter... 
or the the tweet of death is always mm-hmm. like I'm chip leading event X. Yeah, and then boom, chip stack. I'm telling you, man, the chip stack. The reason why there's like some some level of like attachment where it's like let's say you tweet the chip stack, and then all of a sudden you're in a tough spot mm-hmm. where like you have to hero call for a lot. But, like, you're pretty confident that you're right. Yeah. But now you just pass because calling and being wrong deteriorates your chip stack. Yeah, you don't want to fall off peak. Yeah, exactly. Right? So. It's just, like, you, you've already put out there what your peak is. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to, like, somehow be the guy who was, like, chip leading an hour ago and is out. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I mean, what's your schedule uh, in terms of the series and, like, what you've been doing of, like, prep? Yeah, so, I mean, like, there's there's been a massive gradual increase for me. The first seven world series i played i was strictly a cash game grinder so like i would play somewhere between five and 12 events i still feel like i'm a cash game player though like at heart but like it's different now i i am too at heart but it's like the where the money is to be made during the summer isn't in the cash cash games games. anymore right they used to be like super soft but like the people who come here strictly to grind cash are gonna be really solid and confident tight and you know the game's just like they're good but they're not they're not the same. They're not worth sacrificing whatever your... Uh, your EV it, is. In yeah, the EV, right? It's not about the hourly. Because right. like your hourly is probably still larger playing right. comparable stakes. But the thing is, is that the opportunity uh, reward through winning an event is so much greater. Like when, when you can just like pick up six figures in a three-day span, yeah. that just gives you opportunity to then go find some soft cash games that are larger than you would otherwise play. Yeah. And I think that's kind of huge. So like 2012 was the first year I put in big volume. I sold a package. Um, and I think I like basically broke even. 2013, uh, I was broke, sold a big package again, ended up making three final tables, had a big summer that summer, made like 500,000 total, which I got to keep about half of. Um, and have been playing a big schedule ever since. Uh, and you know, the thing is, is that the big game runs every single day during the summer. Yeah, I remember that. And it's good. It's as good as it will ever be during the year. But because of that, my seats are far less frequent. Right, right. And then on top of that, like I have most or all of my own action now. So I'm just like investing heavily in the series this year. I have like 56 events on the schedule or something like that, um, that I have a hundred percent of. Yeah. And then I'm like weighing my options with the 50 K and the hundred K, which I'll obviously sell to if I decide to play. Um, but yeah, early success will dictate a lot. I'm just trying to rip off this big 50, man. It's everyone I'm, I'm is. I'm trying everyone. to be the guy. Do you think that's going to be the biggest tournament ever? Oh, for sure. They're going to shatter the record. Yeah. I think like all four flights sell out for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm planning on like going down there, regging uh, for the Thursday flight. So you, you spoke a little bit about the, the like buying and selling action. What do you think the marketplace of buying and selling action is right now? Because like for me personally, it's like I don't. I don't even enter the marketplace. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty much just, like, send out a couple messages. I'm like, yo. Yeah, you got a private network. Right. Like, I'm selling. We negotiate the markup, and it's just, like, boom. Right. You know? I feel, like, blessed to have that because it's, like, I'm there watching, you know. So, like, whatever my backers, like, let's say, like, the exposure is too high for the series. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, I can't, like, my backing agreement won't allow, like, I don't want to get into, like, a hundred. Like, I don't want to put all that on the stake. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, like, whatever. We sell. Um, and, but you know, selling a hundred K worth of action is not like the easiest thing in the world. Right. Right. So I'm just like, wow, I'm like pretty lucky. I could just like hit up my network and hit up my stake and just like put it all on. Yeah. Um, but what do you think the, the, the state of buying and selling action is right now? Cause for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at it my, like myself where I'm like, if someone's on the marketplace, 
that's already like a sign of maybe it's not that good of a buy. But how do so, you think? So here's the thing. I think it's I think it's not even remotely close to being a seller's market right now. Like okay. it is a massive seller's market. Mm. And the reason being is because the average buy-in has gone way down and the amount of volume you can put in has gone way up. I see. So those two things correlating has made markups from the floor standpoint rise tremendously, right? And the irony is there's never been more scrutiny to markup than there has been this summer, right? right. We saw yeah, the tweets sure. leading up with Dwee, uh, Deep. Deep and vibes. Freudian yeah. slip, man. Freudian slip. Uh, yeah, with the whole Deep and vibes thing that was going on. Uh, you know, and, and there was a bunch of other like right, right. Uh, things that were called into question. But what ended up happening is that the floor tremendously rose. Uh, and the reason why the scrutiny is actually coming into play is because people who otherwise would say, it's not worth me to sell because I think my hourly is worth more or I'm personally worth more, I have a higher ROI than the market would ever pay, yeah. right? So usually what you'll see is a big compromise in, in the ceiling of all this where the best players are just not selling right. because it's just not worth it, right? They're the best, so they have some, some form of liquidity. And if yeah. they don't, they have a strong network who's willing to pay their price. Right. What's happening now, though, is we have some very talented players who just can't afford this amount of volume. Right? right. So they're forced to sell. And the other side of that coin is that staking is all but obsolete. It's gone. It's, yeah. I, don't, I feel like it's... So in my view, I feel like it's around, but it's like really hush-hush. Super, super, super quiet because nobody right. wants to get involved. Nobody wants right. to take on more horses that they haven't spent years vetting yeah, yeah. or whatever the case. So like before, you just used to pluck from an online player pool. Right. And you could tell like through volume like who was decent and who wasn't. That's right. kind of gone. And now you are you have this shroud of mystery where you have to guess based on hand mob results and things right. like that. So staking is really diluted. Meaning that more people are hitting the marketplace that otherwise would have been able to find backers in the past. Correct. And they're charging absorbent amounts because they're testing the ceiling, yeah. not the floor, right? Right. So what you're finding is like you're there's a lot of bad buys For sure. between like 1.1 and 1.3. Right. It's just heavily hyperinflated. But the idea is that like these are five hundred dollar buy-ins, these are one K buy-ins. Most people most people should be should winning. be winning. But right. like that's obviously false due to the nature of MTTs. Most people should be losing. And sure, there's gonna be an influx of wrecks, but recognize that when thirty or thirty-five people or thirty-five thousand people play the big fifty, like, you know, maybe sixty or seventy percent of that field is just pros who are entering two to six times. Right, right, for sure. So you're kind of seeing like, you know, two thirds of the field actually just being Re represented recycled. multiple times yeah, yeah. over. It, it, and not that leads your ROI, man. For sure. Like if you're selling 1.4 in the big 50, but you're firing off five bullets, then you better be worth like two, 2.5, three, somewhere in that neighborhood. So how do you go about buying? I just don't. Yeah. I, I buy from close friends right. that I truly have faith in. Right. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, I'm sure there are a lot of really good buys. Uh, like I actually bought a piece of uh, Sasha because right. she's playing mostly PLO, right. and, and I just we, have no exposure there. And we also understand like she's. Probably I think she works. Okay, you yeah, know? I think like, she works, and yeah. I want exposure to what I think to be soft game types, right? That uh, I otherwise don't have, and I thought she was selling at a reasonable price. Yeah, for sure. But like you know, that's kind of a one-off, right? Like just in a general sense, I outside of the main, I don't really want to buy, and you know, you and I have been a part of. Uh, kind of like running main, main stables, main stables, or or like, and it, like it's tough to even find good buys, man, because the people, everybody's it, overpriced, everybody's overpriced, or like we saw that regress a little bit over the last couple of years, though. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because it was recognized, uh, people were recognizing that the final tables of the main was getting a lot tougher. Yeah. So you were finding that good sweet spot at like 1.2, 1.3. And then all of a sudden, this happened now where the floor has increased on prelims. So in, in coordination with that, the prelims were getting a lot tougher. Correct. There were a lot of 2Ks, 3Ks, 5Ks. Well, the Venetian just wrecked Wiped that. that. Yeah. They just said, look, we'll run a 400 every day mm -hmm. and put a million guarantee on it. And, and they're like, going to crush it. Yeah, we're just going to crush. Yeah. And that now brought the floor back up because the World Series had to compete. So I promise you, like, main event pieces this summer are going to be out of this world. You're going to be looking at like 2.0 for like winning regs. Winning regs, yeah. Yeah, it, it's an interesting market, man. I am I actually have never seen a cash game summer here. Like, ever. I, I've, I've, I've never played cash here. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sporadically, you know, like I'll bust a tournament. It's early. I walk and I see like 1025 running in King's room right. like with like D-Moon or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, I'll jump in, you know. Hmm. Tell but, the truth. That's Tell the truth. When you play cash during mm. the summer, mm. it's because you tilted. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Nah. You're, I, you're, you're literally over tournaments the second you decide to sit down for cash. Definitely over tournaments. But I like, I, I've always said, like, all right, I'm going to let, like, a couple hours pass. I never, like, snap, like, no, I don't, you know? I'm not implying that when you play cash, you're in a mindset oh, yeah, where yeah. you can't win. I think you're a big favorite. Yeah. I'm saying when you deviate the cash. Oh, yeah. Which is off the plan. Yeah, because I'm like, fuck this. Because I, I want some right. control again. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Like, instead of just going and laying by the pool and getting your dick tan like everybody yeah. else should be during the summer. You're like, I don't need these next six hours. I just have to make $1,000 to That's make myself funny. feel better. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting summer, man. I'm really excited about it. I'm not sure who's going to make a final table first, but it's going to be... I I'm waiting to see. How many final tables do you think we can make? Me, you, and Hunt? Yeah. Seven. Seven? Yeah. That's a big line. I think we make seven. That's a big line. I would take action on seven. How many did we make last year? I don't know. Uh, I think Hunt made, made two. Hunt made two. Hunt made four. Hunt made four? Mm -hmm. We didn't make any. So that seven is reasonable. Is it? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> he made four. What are the chances he makes four again? Low. So we should get good action on seven. I, I think you're doing this all wrong, man. I think we could have got four, and now you blew us out of the water. Nah, better action. Four is tough, too. Like, it's hard to make No Limit Hold'em final tables. It's yeah. not like we're playing Mix. It's not like we're playing PLO. Right. You know, No Limit Hold'em final tables is, you know, all these fucking killers, huge man. huge fields. It's not even about the competition. They're massive yeah. fields. Yeah. The massive fields, massive land. How do you traverse these fields? Patiently. <laughs> I mean, I, f I, feel like, uh, I feel like prepping for the MTT Academy, like, over the last few months was just an exercise in getting myself ready for the World Series. It is, though. It yeah. helps a lot. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I feel like, like when you're really laying out the curriculum day in and day out and you're painfully going through what you're supposed to transpose onto people who are less experienced than you, who it may be their first series uh, or, you know, they're, they're East Coast grinders right. who are, like, starting to take shots at bigger buy-ins or they're finally getting buy-ins that they're comfortable with, you know, the 500 to 1K range you have a certain onus on you to just like say, okay, like here are the, the nuanced points to look for that you can kind of really leverage. And the thing is, is that the structure's changed a lot. Yeah. So now we're operating big blind Andy. We're operating with much deeper stacks to begin with. And like, that's going to, that's going to alter the state of, of WSOP MTTs a little bit. I loved the structure before where like by dinner, you knew a quarter of the field or more was going to be gone. Now it's going to be long. 
Yeah, it's like you make dinner breaks uh, a day one, and it's like it's tough not to cash. Yeah, you're almost there because you were usually cashing early day two, either last level day one or right. like first level day two. Yeah, right. but now, now we're I think probably going like to be looking at dinner, dinner day, day two. two. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. it's going to be weird. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you just understand that like you're extending a certain phase of the event, and that just requires you to readjust your incentives and. Does do you think that brings down your ROI overall? Just because you'll be playing you'll be playing less events. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like you're you're gonna end up playing longer in events where you don't cash, right? Or where you cash for 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 minimal, right? But I think the payoff to that is first place is gonna be larger in all events. It's a give and take. It's like yeah, you're gonna be wasting more hours where you make no money, but when you have that big score, it might be worth like. 25% 25% more, it might be worth 30% more. That's that's a pretty big uptick. I think to it also ROI. brings in the cash game players that are like, oh, I can't play these short stacks. Now all of a sudden they have a little bit more maneuverability, they might fire it. Man, I hope you're right. Because that means that in 2019, cash game players are so stupid. And I I am a cash game player, like I love it. And I would never, you know, I, I definitely have that certain arrogance about me where like tournaments aren't poker. Yeah. And yeah. cash games are really like where deep stack, let's go. But it's like if you play enough of both, you recognize that they're separate strategies. And yeah. if you're if you're bitching about like the early stages not being deep enough, or the middle stages not being deep, like you're just wasting your time even being in the event. So I've never played cash during the summer. Obviously, besides like the the sporadic, but like for players that do come here and say like I'm playing cash, yeah, you know, like what do they what do you even look for? Like because I know I played like I play my main game is like five ten at the win, right? yeah. So sometimes I'm there and obviously we'll talk in terms of like normal games and then we'll talk in terms of like, you know, the, sure. the hush hush games. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So like I'm there and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a game with, uh, with Harrison and he's like, oh yeah, you know, every day at the, we're here every day at the win, every single day. Like, you know, you don't even have to go anywhere else, whatever. So like, obviously that's the cash game side, you know? Mm-hmm. So how does a cash game player go about finding good games? How do they go about like, how should their schedule look like? I've never done it, so it's I'm hard, not. man. It's harder now than it's ever been. Yeah, because your hourly is so much more scrutinized now than it was like in 2012, mm. right? So like the last time I really grinded cash hard during the summer was 2011. I was playing Bellagio 102040 every day, and it was tough because like you knew that you had to sacrifice a big chunk of your time to this, right? So I would wake up, I'd hit my routine, I'd be out the door by 11. Same as like the tournament grinders, right? And you hope to catch the morning, the morning uh, crew so that you can get to a game relatively soon. Yeah. But like if you miss it and you show up at like 1.30 or 2 after people start busting the events, it's over, man. You're on a 50-person wait list. That's crazy. And like there's nothing you can do. You can't just say like, oh, okay, I'll leave and come back. Yeah, you no, know what I mean? Because like, it's, it's, it's just perfect. 50 for the rest of the night. Yeah. There are no tables. There's nothing they can do to accommodate. So like... You just have to understand that like a big part of being a cash game player is you have to play bigger because your hourly is being cut by the amount of time that you're on wait list. That's crazy. And the smaller you play, the longer the list. It right? is, yeah. One, oh, two, oh. two, five. It, uh, honestly, this should just, and I, I hate to say this because I know that like it's kind of unfair, but honestly, it would do the entire poker ecosystem a favor if they just didn't run one, two anywhere in the city during, during the During World the Series. summer. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense though. Right? Because this, the, the two, five list is like, 50 deep, yeah. 100 deep. Yeah. It's and like, the thing is, is that the vast majority of the players in the 1-2 games are, are losing players to the ecosystem anyway. 
So it's good to kind of spread them out in a multitude of ways, right? Put them in two five games where they have a, they have a, a shot at variance being favorable to them and they don't necessarily go broke as quickly. They're paying less rake. So they're not losing to the rake as fast, right. which is very, very critical to the reason why a lot of people in one two are losing players, right? Correct. It's correct. the rake they're not beating in a lot of instances. Right, for sure. So now, you know, forces them to make a hard decision of like, do I have enough to take the next step up? And if so, some of them are going to get rewarded tremendously. Yeah. Um, you know, if not, then it's like, well, should I maybe start grinding the the one fifteens, the one fifteens at the Nugget, or you know, something? Yeah, these smaller buying events that have big rewards. And again, like you know, it, it's I don't think you're going to see like a massive exodus of low stake players, right? For sure. I don't think you would see a rapid rate of them going broke. I don't think you would see like them just not showing up now for the summer. I think at least in the major casinos where the bigger games right. run, like Win, yeah. Aria, Bellagio, they should just wipe out those games for during sure. the summer, and then have the other casinos like Venetian and you know where the one two even games... Venetian like they're running their tournaments out of their program. Right, right. They can't even run cash. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like, yeah, when you're talking about like Treasure Island or right. or the Golden Nugget or whatever or Leans, like let them handle the small stake stuff. Yeah. And I'm not saying this as as, as like uh, a big time like yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to big time small stakes players. I'm actually trying to, you know, kind of Im- imply that like it would be doing them a huge favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vast majority of them just can't beat a 5 to 6 dollar rake in a game where the max buy-in is $200. Yeah, 2 to 300. It, it's yeah, just, crazy. you know, it's it's really inconceivable. And you know, the casinos don't necessarily want to do that because those tables are just rake churners. Right. But the reality is they're not making that much money off of them. And they would, be, they would be making a lot bigger money players happier mm-hmm. throughout the course just by freeing up those tables. It also frees them up to run satellites if they're hosting their own events. It also frees them up to now, uh, you know, pass those players throughout the entire ecosystem. And, you know, this is the problem where I think most rooms cut off their nose to spite their face. They say poker's a losing endeavor. We don't care like what the ultimate long run goal of it is, yada, 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 right? But the fact of the matter is, it's like if they're making the same amount of money at 1-2 and 2-5, the rake is the same, right? right? So it doesn't really matter. If one of those keeps your poker room open longer, spread mm-hmm. it more. Right, right. You know what I mean? Don't cater to, to a lower level. And I'm not saying that 1-2 should be abolished. It shouldn't. The rake should just be alleviated. Yeah. But I understand with operating costs, that's hard to do. So it's just like at times like this where there's an influx of tens of thousands of people, you know, we should be a little bit cognizant of what will keep the bottom of the ecosystem most healthy. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Have you ever thought about just being like a advisor to like rooms and stuff? I just don't think that I have the value they're looking for. Like, I think I would be able to provide value to the players, mm-hmm. but I don't really think that rooms uh, covet that very much. No, you know sense. what I mean? Like, to them, it's just all about their bottom line. Mm-hmm. And I get it. They're a business, right? That, that should be all that matters. Poker initiated as a loss leader. It was like, let's get people in the door right, so right. that they can lose in the pits. And it turned into a very skilled, competitive profession. Yeah. So now it's kind of like an auxiliary uh, extension of a lot of casinos. How about the other games now? The the hush-hush ones? Yeah. How about the other games? I've been, I've been trying my best, man. I've been trying to get in there, you know, like a little rat. <laughs> like, just like, like, I want to get in here, right? I wanna, all right, the game's about to start. I'm gonna sit here, you know. But um, obviously, you've been inside. I've like kind of on the outside looking in, like just trying to knock on the door mm. for like the bottom of those games. Uh, how, what there? Like what's there? Because obviously, that's tough. It's super hard, man. I mean, 
you know, look, at the end of the day, uh, just like the bottom of the ecosystem needs to be protected, the same holds true for the top. What what I can't get behind is the poaching. Right. I think that it's just like one of the most egregious things in the world. Uh, the fake lists, things like that. Like I totally am on board with keeping things on the up and up. And I'm totally like, I have empathy for everybody who's kind of like on the outside looking in. Right. You know, I had been in that situation myself uh, prior to getting into the Ivy Room game. A while back, there was just this, this special player who ultimately ended up moving to LA. He was a big part of like uh, the Garrett, yeah. Uh, Aussie Matt scene and you know I was just shut out of every single game I was the first one on the list every day and it was just like the game was going to start and break nine-handed um, so that sucks it, it's it's frustrating but also just recognize that like as much as it's the hosts looking out for number one and them trying to take care of themselves it's also just like that small pool of available players who can like invest money in that arena right protecting like their ecosystem as well and yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's it's hard, man. It's a hard juggling act. Because, like, what do you do? What do you do when the biggest game running is 10-20-40 or a private game that's 10x the And the 10-20-40 game is just tougher yeah. than, than likely the, the you know, the 200-400 or the 100-200 game. Yeah. It's like, well, I think what you'll see this summer, and I have a lot of respect for the guys who do this, um, and I think that it's a necessity. It's a necessity to fight the private realm, mm-hmm. is be a game starter. Right. I think the guys who are willing to sit down two or three-handed and just fire up 100, 200, knowing that it's the World Series and people are going to stumble by and they're going to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those games are going to fill. I think it's a big way to kind of like carve into that to that private sector because the fact of the matter is, like, I don't think the, the quote-unquote soft money cares who they're doing business with. I think they just That's want... That's true. I think they just, they just want, want business. A, yeah, they just want a good legit game where they're pandered to a little bit and they feel like they have a fighting shot yeah definitely like i've you know playing 510 at the win like i've come across like a lot of these like vips that are they play in the in the other in the other in other games it's just not running right now but they want to play poker so they'll sit in the 510 game and you know they just want one they want action like they don't want people to sit there and just like you know not give them any action just play good cards you know and and they don't mean like they don't want you to play trash they just won't want you to like never talk and never play hands, never call from the big blind, like you know, only show up with the nuts and like oh, be like kind of like a bad person for the game. Yeah, you know? yeah. But at the same time, like what I realize is, it's not that they don't want to be in a tough game. They don't care about the money. What right. they want is you to be almost like a good person and talk to them and like exchange thoughts and be a smart person. And also just recognize that they're giving action. Yeah, they they don't sure. want you to just like cannibalize them. Correct. Right. Correct. They want to feel like they have a sporting chance. For sure. Like they want you to return the favor and give a little something up to get their action. For sure. That's kind of what happened. I was playing five ten at the win, and it was me, the Australian kid Adrian, uh, and this other like a VIP. And you know, I would like raise to like thirty, and the guy would be like, "I don't have that good of a hand," and he just goes five hundred. And it folds around to me. He's like, all right, just call. We'll check it down. Yeah. And I have ace queen. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, call. And yeah. then he wins in like with like a jack or something, like jack eight suited. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, nice head. And I give him a pound and like we move on. And then he's like, yo, let's do a $100, uh, $100 PLO flip on the half. And, and then everyone, it's just, everyone's like, nah, I don't want to do that. And it's like, bro, like, so it just ends up being just me, him, and Adrian. You know what you do in those situations? What? Just keeps gradually upping the stakes until those guys leave. Yeah, 
That's the just move. Make it, make it 5, 10, 20. And right. then, like, as soon as somebody, like, starts to say, like, they're not going to be in for the mandatory straddle, just be like, uh, Floor, we'd like to change the game permanently. Yeah, that's a right? good point. And, like, what they'll do is you can't change it permanently without everybody agreeing, obviously. Right. But the whale will just threaten to leave. Yeah, he's like, VIP will just be like, I'm going to leave if you don't let us change this to 5, 10, 20. For sure. And then that person is going to be under a ton of scrutiny where, like, if he breaks the game, then you just go start the game somewhere else. Honestly, it's so true. I don't get it, though, because it's it, the, the thing I don't understand, it's like, bro, the $100 PLO flip has no... It's neutral EV. It's neutral EV. Like, yeah. why are you not doing it? Yeah, Either yeah, you're yeah. underrolled You're underrolled. Yeah. 100% they're underrolled. Exactly. It's right? like, they want something for nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is, this is the biggest problem that, like, people don't understand. Like, you know, I get a lot of grief where it's like... Oh, well, you don't you don't play according to the rule book, man. Like you know, you do these things, and they're so outlandish and they're so bad. It's like you don't understand. Like you don't know what it was like in two thousand and four, coming up where like it was free money as long as you did your due diligence to not be a thorn in people's sides. Yeah, give people a reason to quit, and they will. Give them a reason to stick around and have a good time with you, and they'll never leave your side. Yeah, right. It's it's the idea of like shearing a sheep versus skinning one. It's like. That, that's like the gambler's maxim. And everybody's gotten away from that because poker has turned into this methodical, thoughtful, deep, right. you know, nuanced game where like everybody's a professional now. It's like, okay, that's great. And I respect that to the fullest. And I'm also putting myself into that camp. Right. But just recognize we're always going to be in an environment where it's human versus human. Correct. Right. And if we're not, we're going to lose. And the game's just going to distill down to nothing anyway. So as long as that's the case, you better be welcoming to the people who are gracious enough to put food in your mouth. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't act like it's not an act. It's like I understand why this person is sitting here. And I also understand why a professional is sitting here. Yeah. So you just treat them differently. Yeah. yeah and you're just like a human being, too, sure. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's super interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to add. I think I'm pumped, that's. Man. I'm ready for the summer. This was supposed to just be a preview vlog, but... Uh, oh, this was a preview vlog? It was supposed to be, but, like, it's just never going to be that way. Like, once we start rolling, we're just going to talk. You should have told me it was a preview vlog. I mean, it's or whatever. Blo- or podcast. Or vlogcast. Vlogcast. Yeah, it's a vlogcast. Do you like my flag? Yeah, man. You ever been to DR? No. I'm going to take you to DR. Mm. You like women? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I hope you all enjoyed this preview. Also slash official. Also slash released. It is a wrap for the Software Wife vlogcast. And we'll see you next week, hopefully, with some hardware. If not, hopefully, with a big check. Good night and good luck.